Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode contains language and content of an explicit nature. Listener discretion is advised. Before a song is released, a record is produced, or a chorus is written, the musicians that write them think a lot. They live a lot, and they feel a lot. Before the chorus dives into the stories and experiences that shape these artists, and ultimately, the music we hear. I'm your host, Sophia Lopercaro, and this episode's guest is Gengar. Hello there. I am talking to you, the listener, right now. This is not the beginning of the interview yet. Um, If you normally listen to Before the Chorus, you're probably used to me reading out a short little intro synopsis of what you're about to hear, and I decided I want to change that. I I don't want to read a script anymore. I want to talk directly to you for a second before we get into the interview. It's not long. Don't worry. You're going to get to the content very soon. But I thought I would change it up and tell you a little more about what I enjoyed about the interview that I'm about to play for you. So Gengar, I have known for, God, I can't even count the years at this point. But I first interviewed them, I think it would have been 2017 or 2018, when I was in university. I was interviewing them for their second album on my old university radio show. So they were a favorite band of mine when I was living in London and exploring the indie scene. They're one of those really great indie rock guitar bands that was coming out of the scene at the time. They're really damn good at what they do, and I think that's what made them stand out from so many other people. And at the time, it was really special to get to interview them. I felt really cool about it. I was, you know, a budding interviewer, and I was getting one of the, like, awesome local indie bands for my podcast. Or not my podcast, my radio show. Um, Fast forward a few years later, I started Before the Chorus, and they were episode one for their following album, Sanctuary. It's always really cool to get to do these returning interviews, whether it be people that I've interviewed on the podcast previously or I've interviewed almost in a a past project that I've done because, you know, I get to really have this in-depth look at their evolution as artists. And also, on a personal note, I also get to kind of see how I've grown as an interviewer. And it's fun to kind of get to watch those things happen in parallel. So I'm really excited for you to get to hear this one. Their new album, Red Sun Titans, is fantastic. It's asking really big existential questions. And I think it offers a lot of peace while also being okay with the fact that not everything has been figured out. It's not a preachy record. It's it's just a very human record. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoy and expect to hear more of these little personal notes at the beginning of the podcast. 
it's good to have you on again, first of all. Um, this is the third time that I'm interviewing you. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. They get for- they get better every time, so we do we gotta keep persevering with it. Oh well thank you. That's that's very kind of you to say. And I mean to be fair, I hope so, because I, you know, with age and time been doing this for a little longer now. But yeah, the first one would have been what, twenty eighteen, I think. So that would have been for um where wildness grows. And then of course I had you back on to the podcast for Sanctuary and now we're here with another album with Red Sun Titans. So mm. yeah. Lots of lots of time, lots of evolution happening. Yeah, we've only missed one, which I've, I've only recently discovered that it's um it turned eight, uh, like less than a week ago, which is no, crazy. That feels weird. For that's making me feel old now because I was listening to that record in uni. Which yeah, I know. Did... Now that's well, think about how I feel. I mean, that's you know, this is uh, yeah. It's crazy. It still feels like last week that I was in the studio doing that album. <laughs> I know. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. I'm going to try and not process that for right now. Um, not at seven in the morning. I'm going to get back into actual serious questions um, instead of questioning my own mortality. Um, but yeah, getting into, I guess, this record with Red Sun Titans. Um well, actually, to be fair, this does sort of touch on all four, but, you know, across four records now, you know, I feel like your writing has become increasingly introspective from record to record. Like, we started a, with a lot of more, like, playful themes or kind of, like, again, like, with, like, She's a Witch or Fill My Gums with Blood, playing with more, like, I guess, not necessarily personal themes, but now with this, like, new record especially, it feels very, very introspective. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't really, I don't really think that any of that stuff is intentional. I think like writing stuff in a narrative base, like if you're like kind of the idea of storytelling through song, I think yeah. With a dream outside the first record, I probably wasn't confident enough to talk about myself, um, but also it was definitely wasn't an agenda I even wanted to push or think. Whereas I feel like maybe over the space of four albums, I've probably become less guarded maybe and less self-conscious about these kinds of things. I think that I hope that that makes the, the songs more engaging and give people kind of, I guess, Something slightly, I don't know, something slightly more personal takeaways from it. I mean, the the new record in particular, I think it has a lot of of like mini mantras almost or like little kind of like almost like post-it notes that you stick on your window or mirror in the morning just to remind yourself of like how to kind of conduct the day really, trying to kind of like navigate your your own day and try not to to kind of be the victim of too many pitfalls, especially ones that you've already encountered so many times, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that makes sense because I feel like this this record's definitely, uh, I guess, asking a lot of big questions or just trying to grapple with a lot of very big existential human things. That's kind of, it feels like that's the overarching kind of vibe of this one. Yeah, I think it's quite a widescreen 
sort of yeah i mean it comes from a position of not really moving for a change and i think that's probably gives it a certain a different sort of outlook it gives it a different perspective really because i think for previous records it always felt like i was kind of chasing something and i wasn't really necessarily always sure what that was but this is kind of the first record where I think it feels like I've kind of sat down and thought about stuff and not really been in a rush for a change, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. I guess one thing that I feel like I picked up on kind of pulling off of that is some of these songs feel like they're talking about like the idea of chasing happiness or chasing utopia, but maybe trying to learn to stop chasing and just kind of embracing where you are. Would that be fair to say? I think it definitely would be fair. I think, you know, my headspace is better than it was. I think I feel like it's in a good place. And I think that it's taken a while. And I think so, so much of it is just age. I don't think really like, you know, my, well, no, that's a lie. Actually, my behaviors definitely have changed. I think that probably is a big part of it as well. Um, but I think some of it is age, right? You know, you can only make the, the same mistakes so many times, I think, before you have to learn from them um otherwise they start to kind of eat away at you you know and um yeah it's you know it's so like there's so many kind of corny ways of putting it into you you know the whole idea of like enjoying the journey you know forgetting about the destination all those kinds of things like essentially when i look back on what it is i've enjoyed about being in a band or being you know a person or anything over the last um you know 30 years it's not really like the successes, so to speak, which are kind of the, you know, the first things that spring to mind. It's just like, it's a crazy selection of different moments that happened and you can't really predict what they are. So like kind of having all these kind of grand goals and wants and whims and aspirations are, are all great. Like you should have a plan by all means, but like the end of the plan isn't going to be the bit that you take away from it. It's like, it's the the process. It's the everyday. It's the, you know, you don't know what it's going to be. Right. So I guess like that, that's the kind of thing, which I think I'm trying to put into that, this record as much as possible, you know, like the, the weird and wonderful moments are going to happen regardless of what the end result is. Um, and then there's always going to be something else afterwards, you know? So like, there's no point getting too hung up on it. Yeah. Um, does the title track deal with that idea of embracing the journey a lot? Because I really got that from that one. Yeah, I think, you know, the title track itself is, um, it's kind of a few things muddled together a little bit, but the, the overarching premise of that really was one that was kind of trying to address my crippling fear of climate catastrophe without making it feel really like, um i guess uh too painful to listen to so it's kind of the idea of yeah essentially you know that everything is kind of fucked so we got to roll with it <laughs> mhm mm okay yeah is that kind of where that line saturn's rolling on comes from then i was doing a lot of googling like i often do for this yeah, and trying to I understand mean, the symbols well we have a like like i mean there's quite a few layers to it i mean we have sort of an in-joke within my own group of friends where we talk about, you know, I'm sure this is fairly common. We talk about people sort of like talking like full of gas, you know, and I think this idea that 
you have um you know you are being essentially spun a load of bullshit by massive huge corporate companies who are telling you they're doing this that and other you have society telling you it's making these changes but essentially they're talking they're, they're essentially talking rubbish you know everyone's doing the same shit they've always been doing they're looking after themselves it's fuck you we're fine that's the you know that's the general message of it there are kind of like like i said there are kind of layers to that but i sort of saw the, you know this idea you know the the opening line um you know like here's goliath um it's you know it's trying you're being fed all this information by by sort of systems that don't really want what you want they're telling you they do but you know they don't um so yeah the kind of first line and you know a unicorn tide won't save you now it's the idea of being spun a lie you know you're being told that this magical thing's going to happen but it's getting boring now you know you've heard it so many times you know changes are happening we're just heading towards the edge of the cliff and everyone's just kind of like smiling as it happens you know <laughs> hoping that it's not too painful yeah it's so it's quite bleak really <laughs> hey i i feel like i've had a lot of conversations about songs dealing with the climate crisis because it's it's something that's unfortunately very top of mind for all of us but i i like the way that you you spun it um it's kind of different than than what i how i initially read it but again that's why i like doing this podcast i like finding out what the songs are really about like i had googled like what saturn represents in terms of symbolism and stuff and it's supposed to represent like prosperity and abundance so this idea of it moving away Weirdly, also actually kind of works, but yeah, it's 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 another which is again another thing that I think I always love about hearing what other people think the songs about because half the time I'm like, oh shit, that's way better than what I thought, but it's great. I'm going to use that now. <laughs> no, don't don't use it. I actually really like the full of gas thing. I think it's way more fun than being like, yeah, actually, in Greek mythology, this and is yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we we we've always like I don't know. I, there's always kind of like weird little in jokes in songs because so much of my kind of childhood and teens were we you know friends from school we just you know you, you like the way i'm sure most french groups have they have their own kind of things that they pick up and use so that kind of almost like other people don't really know what you're saying or like it gives you an opportunity to say something about somebody obnoxious in public without them really knowing that you're doing that and there's like an endless list of all this kind of crap but i do sometimes find opportunities to slip them into songs where you know only me and seven other people will actually laugh about that but the rest of everyone else it means probably so <laughs> there you go. i'm glad I've, I've been able to share one of them there you go i kind of love that though it makes the songs a little more layered and like you said it's kind of a, a pandora's box for the people that are close to you yeah i mean with that as well i mean i think i was essentially flat out asked by someone very sincerely they were like would you, you know, you're doing a new record, oh, you should really, like, have you thought about writing a song about climate change? And I just kind of laughed and was like, oh, yeah, I think about that. Like, as in, like, no fucking way. There's no way I'm writing a song about climate change. That's so heavy. It's like, you know, who do I think I am? I'm not, you know, fucking Bob Dylan or something. You know, it's not really my style. Of, um, but then, it, obviously, something must have sort of sucked in because, um, you know, the way these things normally work, you just start doing stuff and it's not until halfway through you kind of know what you're doing. So, um yeah, it happened anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, just one of those things. There you go. Well, I guess moving on into some of the other songs on the record, something else that I I guess I thought I picked up on the record is this kind of idea of just trying to get out of your own head um, and try and be present. And I feel like that pops up a few times across the record. 
Like, I mean, definitely in the moment, um, in my way, um, amongst others. Would that, again, would that be fair? Yeah, totally. I think it's um, it's a combination of things, really. I think um, I personally always feel healthiest, or I feel like in my best state of mind when I'm kind of out in embracing nature to some degree. I think, you know, I, I chose not to do architecture at uni because I was terrified of the idea of being trapped on a computer indoors all day. Like that was just like, Oh, I just couldn't, you know, realizing that that could be a possibility was an immediate kind of like, no. And then that's, you know, even that being said, writing music sometimes can feel a bit like that. I think, you know, when you're sat down writing albums, um, as kind of good as I am at working independently, you need to kind of have those breaks and get out and, you know, sort of embrace the outdoors and kind of, uh, you know, unplug, I guess, essentially from technology and all the rest of it. But I think within that, you know, some of the songs are sort of about that in a more simplistic way. And some of the other ones are about kind of the dangers of, um, I guess, kind of like uh, having an agenda or, or kind of having, you know, not trying to let like your own ego or your own idea of things um, become destructive, I guess. I think that's, you know, if, if you're someone like myself who works in, incredibly hard and is very driven, it's very easy to kind of have the blinkers on and lose focus and not kind of just step back for a second and kind of enjoy um, the kind of little victories, you know, almost as if that's a maybe a, a fair way of putting it, you know what I mean? Like instead of trying to just focus on the big end goal all the time, you know, you've got to kind of like give yourself a pat on the back as you go and just, you know, try and stop to to embrace life every now and again yeah. <laughs> um, before you get there, you know? Yeah, you absolutely have to. Because and... it's short. <laughs> that's the reality, right? You know, eight years have gone by since we made our first record and that feels like really quick. So that's the, the scary thing. Yeah, that is a little bit terrifying. Um, I, I, I mean, I like what you said about finding respite in nature. And I feel like over, I mean, I've, I've definitely touched on this in past interviews, but I mean, images from like the natural world have always been really dominant in your music and in, in your lyrics. Like, I mean, where wildness grows, like quite literally in the name, there's a sort of, you know, like earthiness now there's a lot of i guess like uh, symbols from the sky on this record for example um do you think like some of the stuff that you're saying about like finding that respite in nature finds its way into your music like maybe like consciously Definitely, yeah no i, I think 100 percent. i mean i love the idea of come kind of you know having your your feet in the sand or whatever you know i think it's like growing up in a city i love certain aspects of it you know i am I, when i when i'm out of london i miss london i li i miss the, the tempo to it but i think it's like almost like the way an addict misses whatever they're addicted to because it's such a intense frequency um that everything else feels like cripplingly slow um so i think my love of it perhaps is unhealthy and i think actually you know i, I probably would be better off not <laughs> almost not being here um, because yeah, I think it's, there is something undeniably soothing and healing about, you know, being in nature, you know, swimming in the ocean, like walking through, through the woods, like those things are like, we're programmed to, to feel safe and to feel alive, to feel, you know, 
um, all the good shit, really. You know, it's um, all we. I don't think we've quite like developed. To, you know, we we're not going to be happy sat plugged in and watching TV and being on a computer all day. These things are not going to make you feel good about yourself. Um, and that's the real kind of crazy thing that we're doing more and more of that. I think as a as society goes, and you know, kids are starting younger and younger. I mean, like not to you know make everyone feel old again but it's like you know i remember as a, as a kid we played video games like you you know you'd be told off after playing for like an hour your parents would be like that's kind of you know it's like rotting your brain you, you're not gonna be able to see <laughs> you're gonna go blind if you keep looking at the tv all that kind of stuff now we don't bat an eyelid it's like here's a fucking ipad get on with it you know what i mean like just be quiet for a few hours so um our our opinions have changed about these things and i think um it's uh yeah i think you know my my aspirations and my lifestyle i think definitely revolve around trying to keep things relatively wholesome and outdoor focused you know um you know use your hands more you know use your keyboard less is my <laughs> is my takeaway you know there you go another another note to add um speaking of growing up in the city and this is i mean this is in no way a return to nature but considering that again you did grow up a city kid i thought that there was it was really interesting that you had a song called suburbia and that it has these kind of grim images tied to it and so i was kind of curious like where that came from for you having not maybe come from that space i think it's um it's the it's the kind of taps into this sort of idea of like idle hands it's like you know kids just finding shit to do um and generally kind of getting into trouble i guess because you know that that's the one well i guess it, it has it's a double-edged sword really but i think one of the one of the arguments for living in the city is there's so much happening so much for kids to do right whereas you know if you'd kind of go visit your cousins or wherever they'd be living out kind of in much in more rural parts and you know their parents would say oh yeah the kids around here they just all do drugs and stuff there's fuck all for them to do they hang around and you know they just hang around in fields and you know get off their face all the time and i think you know that kind of idea you know you still can get in trouble in london of course you can you do whatever the hell you want but um yeah this idea of like a kind of suburban backdrop of you know kind of petrol heads and just kids wanting to have fun finding things to do to get their kicks you know um but yeah i think that the song itself actually kind of stemmed from just a, a kind of reoccurring dream I'd have as a as a motorcycle rider and you know having this you know every now and again some kind of moment will happen where someone like turns out and, and almost swipes you and you just kind of like you know there's, there's not that, that moment like it's not like in the films where you, your life flashes before your eyes but then you kind of spend the next half an hour thinking wow what if that did hit me how would that chain of events unfold da, 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 and you go through it like thinking about who's going to feel what your family da, 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 it's kind of like crazy thing and you know takes you you know by the time you you start park up whatever you kind of forget about again and then it will happen again like six months later something kind of weird will happen so i've kind of had that idea rattling around my head for ages and yeah it's kind of found its way into this song in a kind of weird sort of hybrid between that and um thinking about what life might be slightly more on the outer rim of <laughs> of of kind of a London existence you know yeah absolutely um I mean I grew up in a, a suburb and 
Yeah, that stuff was definitely happening. I think I was too innocent to be involved in it, but like I would find out things, you know, through the grapevine and be like, okay, yeah, cool. Um, Also, I now live in LA and even though I don't drive a motorcycle, I do drive here. So I've definitely had those moments of questioning everything because people drive like fucking psychopaths here. You realize, you know, every now and again, there'll be moments that, that kind of remind you how utterly fragile you are and um you know we don't we don't often take kind of take stock for that enough especially i think you know as a young man i definitely felt pretty invincible for most of my life and but every now and now i sort of have these moments where you go oh shit you know like my back really hurts now that's something new <laughs> shit but the, the, like you know i'm probably need to yeah look after myself a little bit maybe you know yeah maybe i won't is- be <laughs> I yeah, why is it always the back? Why is it always the back that goes first? I don't know. I, but... think, I think being sat for nine hours in a van, you know, for years and years back to back doing touring is probably, I've discovered is not very good for your general health and well-being, especially the back. Really? I would have never thought that. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I think another song that I kind of want to talk about in particular because for me, it was it was kind of the wild card. It was the one that I was trying to, I don't know, I I was really intrigued by it, but I was like, I, I'm trying to figure out its its story a little more, and that's the interview for me. Um, I almost felt like it's like this idea of like performing emotions or having to like broadcast like things, but I don't know like what it is for you. I mean, obviously, that's, that's why we're talking about it. Yeah, I mean, I think... It sounds like you've kind of got your head around it pretty succinctly already. I mean, it's it's this concept that we're kind of constantly performing, really. You know, like we're we're always under and almost like a, you know, we're always being watched. We're being, yeah, almost being interviewed by people we don't know or people we do know the whole time. It's this idea of, um, yeah, exactly, of sort of just yeah, essential. There's like a there's a layer of kind of almost constant performance that needs to happen in in our daily lives and um in our routines whether you're at work or you're at social events um and it kind of tackles that idea on a broader scale really um so essentially the concept of of the song is really that you know life is one long interview (laughs) really yeah no that makes a lot of sense i mean i was also thinking about it when i was reading the lyrics from the perspective of of being an artist because a lot of it especially you know like when you're writing really personal music, for example, your your emotions almost become, I don't, I mean, they don't have to become a, a commodity, but they kind of can sometimes, or like your personal stories essentially become something to be sold and to be performed. And yeah, it's, I mean, I definitely think about it a lot as an interviewer. So again, hooray for the irony, but you know. Yeah, I mean, no, I think that make that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think it probably goes back to what I was saying before about not perhaps not being or not having the desire to be overly personal originally, because I kind of felt like, well, I'm making songs. That's something I'm doing. It's almost like the same way that if I was going to build you um, some shelves or a cupboard, like I don't need to give put myself in this. I'm just making something nice for you to have. Like, why do you know what I mean? Why did why should part of myself be in that? I'm just making something for you. Whereas now. I think I don't maybe mind so much, but then it, it is an interesting thing because if 
for example, again, same bad analogy. If I built you a cupboard and you were like, I think this cupboard is rubbish, I would go, well, I'm not going to take it personally because I'm not in that cupboard. I'm just, I've just made it for you. So it's okay. Like you can get another one. But if, if there was a I mean, and you're like, I don't think this is very good or I think this is rubbish, suddenly now it's personal. So there is a danger involved with making things personal because then if you are to be criticized or, you know, for whatever reason it isn't, um, enjoyed or liked or loved or whatever you've then part of you is being told that that doesn't work or that isn't great so you know there is definitely you know part of probably part of the reason i didn't do it more before is because there is an element of fear involved probably of making things personal opening up and putting you know your own feelings and all the rest of it inside a song and giving it to someone it's um there is a risk yeah absolutely it's a terrifying thing and something that we have to do enough in our our personal day-to-day lives as well so it's constantly putting yourself forward and hoping that people like you and and yeah also trying to be at peace with the fact that not everyone will and 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 so yeah i mean i i feel like everything that we're saying right now pretty much is about is covered in that song (laughs) yeah um yeah, just just the fun stuff of being a human and being alive. Yeah, but I mean, but but a lot of the messaging and uh, I think is rather than trying to kind of fight all that stuff, I think coming to terms with it is is the general overall premise of of the record. You know, it's like all of this stuff is is fine, really. Everyone's doing the same shit. Everyone's going through the same stuff, and this is part of the problem. I think with you know anyone that's um feels like they're suffering more than someone else is probably just not looking hard enough or listening attentively enough that's you know part of the i guess part of the the kind of overall message for the record you know we're kind of all in this together really yeah for sure and there's definitely some of that sense of either security or at least acknowledgement across the record like like that you said it's like hey this is this is what it is and that's fine you know yeah um none of this stuff i think really was it wasn't kind of set out to be like an intentional road map of 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 life and the mind i think for whatever reason that's just kind of what happened um and i don't also feel like i've figured everything out either i think it's more just a case of me just writing down these are my thoughts about where i'm at right now maybe you'll feel the same um and I think what's been nice is that I think a lot of the songs have resonated with people already in that same fact. And that's something new for me. I don't think I've really, you know, not, not that I've actively tried one way or another, but it's, it is certainly feels like a new experience when people are connecting with things more on a personal level rather than just being like, oh, I really like that song. That's cool. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, the record does not at all come across as like preachy. It, it really comes across as as someone documenting just what this process is like, Hey, I'm trying to let these things go. I'm trying to be more present or I I'm acknowledging that these are the things that we're afraid of as a society that we're grappling with. Like it's like you said, it's kind of a like, Hey, this is just what's going on. It's not a, here's how you fix this. And here's my like 
whatever step program to happiness. Yeah. Yeah, this is yeah, my yeah, my concern for anyone who hasn't listened to it, this is this is not a, a, a quick fix, you know. Um I'm I'm not offering any real solutions here. It's it's a lot more of a just a um yeah, it's a, it's more of a more of a journal um than a a solutions um guidebook of sorts. Yeah. Well, hey, those hold value too. I think like like I said, it's it's important that we we realize that not all of us have our shit together. So I mean, nobody has their shit together. We're all just trying to figure life out. No. And, and some of us are just better, better at, better at sort of looking like we know what we're doing. That's the that's the trick. Exactly. You know? Yeah. One foot in front of the other. Exactly. If only I was one of those people. But um, I guess where I want to wrap things up is on on the final song. I remember on our last in our last conversation, we had talked about how. I know that like the final couple songs on the last record were sort of ending things on a high note, which I know that that record needed because, you know, it was documenting a much more, I guess, turbulent time. Um, but I feel like even with that, this this record still like ends on this like lovely note of like companionship. And, and I like that that I- idea of ending on such a nice note seems to have carried through both records. Yeah, um, I mean, it was a difficult one, I think, deciding what would finish the record in terms of when, when we had like the long selection. But I think once we started to kind of hone in on on what the album was about, I mean, the real focus for me in, when when putting together the final track listing was was trying my best not to feel like I was repeating myself. So you know, we wrote a lot of music for for the record, and I think it had to. Feel like every song kind of had its own space um like it was no good to have like two versions of the interview and there's this one better than that one so it, it was yeah i think collapse was a song that for me felt like it was gonna it was quite special and i i think it it was difficult trying to find a spot for it on the on the album initially and, and i think because it's, uh, it's it might be the most different song to everything else I think probably on the, on the record in terms of um, what it is as a song. So the only place that I kind of thought it would really work was just, it just has to go on the end. Um, and I think no, we knew that before the song had been, had been recorded. So it, it was kind of recorded and put together as a finale. Um, so, it, and, it, and in that, I think it was quite liberating because it allowed us to kind of do things sonically that we possibly wouldn't have done if it was going to live you know as the second or third track on the album because it would just be like well you, you i think it would be potentially a little bit jarring musically so um yeah I've, i'm slightly um yeah i'm not really sure what, what to say other than that really i think it's it is it's it, it's not a positive song i don't think really i mean it's it's a song that tackles you know the idea of extreme loss and um but I think the you know getting to the other side of like of what grief is and, and 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 everything that it has and it entails and you know all of the the nastiness that goes with that you know it does kind of come round. There is a level of acceptance and thankfulness. I think you know uh, you know once you get to a certain stage, and I think a lot of that is in that song. You know, it kind of 
it's it's come to terms with loss as much as it's you know documenting the the, the kind of pain and the and the anguish that that comes through the process of losing someone that you love so it um yeah i think i hope it's not read as something it's like a it's not it's not you know it's not a, a tragedy like suburbia which is you know more of a kind of straightforward thing it's it is a warmer song um but yeah it's it's also quite a heavy one as well so i think um yeah it's maybe not as sunny or as an uplifting ending that that, that we were talking about that we've had previously on on previous albums but um it felt like it needed to have room as a song and i think yeah it's most appropriate positioning felt like the the end mm. yeah well i'm i'm glad to like that you kind of corrected me on it i guess maybe what i was picking up with it was that sort of warmth and that love at the center of it so even though it is it does carry that darkness again I, it does feel really loving as well and i think that's that's still really sweet to get to sit with no i mean i think the reason why it's you know such a such a, a powerful song is because you know for it to be about great loss there has to be great love so you can't have one without the other i think losing someone that you love is incredibly um you know it, it rips everything apart and then you spend ages putting it back together again and um i think you know this song is written in a place where i feel like i have put things back together now but it doesn't change the fact that you know you're still always you know you'll always be different as a result because once you've once you've you know been torn down get put back together again it's not the same anymore you know and um that's kind of unfortunately that's just part of life that's that's the cycle that we we all go through so um yeah it's it's not positive but it's commemorative um and i think it's yeah it's more just about the process of that really and how that how that goes down you know what the lasting feelings are Red Sun Titans is available now wherever you normally get your music. This podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by myself, Sophia Lobricaro, and the artwork is by Meg Welford. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.